Today on TechNado, we'll take a look at the big stories in tech this week, including some announcements out of CES and a robot getting run over by a Tesla. We'll also take a moment to talk with Vaughn Smith from IT Pro TV about Office 2019 and Office 365 for Microsoft. That's all coming up on TechNado, starting right now. Hello and welcome to TechNado. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I'm joined as always by Don Pizzette because we're in his office and this is where <laughs> he always is. But today we have a special guest here, Vaughn Smith from IT Pro TV, and Vaughn's one of the edutainers here. Vaughn, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm super excited to be on your show. Remind the folks uh, the things that you edutain us on. <laughs> I focus primarily on the office applications, Word, PowerPoint, Excel. Uh, what are the other ones? Outlook. <laughs> uh, OneNote. Oh, yes, OneNote. Uh, not a yes. good sign. Yeah. Pub publisher, front oh, page, no, no, Groove. Paint. No. no. <laughs> Bob. Nope. Have you actually, have you tried the, the Paint 3D? No. no. It's kind of fun. Is it really? Yeah, I, it's it's pretty cute. I barely know how to use it, but it's it's kind of fun. <laughs> I remember when they announced it, and I was like, wow, you know, of all the products Microsoft makes, I never found myself saying, God, I wish they would upgrade Microsoft Paint. <laughs> yeah, well, why would you? It's, it's perfect. It's the total package. If there, yeah, if there's any perfect product. Well, uh, we'll get to that. Uh, definitely, we, we have some questions for you about uh, the new Office 2019 and some other Microsoft-related things. But first, we have to get to the news. And, uh, well, I think the big story this week is, is Don's laptop uh, exploded. <laughs> it didn't actually explode. It, it, it uh, reached the point where it was going to explode. So. And that, it's, you were saying you just you were doing a lot of stuff on it. You were moving a lot of files, and it yeah, just got I'm, hot. I'm not sure if uh, so. There, there's debates, and actually, if uh, Apple, if you're watching, it totally wasn't my fault. It's absolutely your engineers. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> but I did run my laptop at 100% CPU for about a week and a half with the lid closed. Which, granted, is not usually recommended behavior for a laptop, but my argument would be if it's capable of running at 100% CPU with the lid closed, then the engineers should have designed thermal venting to handle that. So, uh, But yeah, the battery popped, so it started to swell up, and that's usually what leads to the chamber breaking and the fire catching. So uh, the you know the Apple tech said they hadn't seen that in a 2017 MacBook, or 2018 MacBook yet, so uh, uh, I'm... Special, yeah. Maybe I'm just on the front edge of a new battery recall. Are the vents on the top? Is that well? These are speakers. They're actually in between your monitor and your keyboard, oh, so, so it's, it's kind of leveraging that channel. Kind of mm -hmm. close that when you. Okay. And when you close it, it does obstruct a little bit, but they're supposed to vent backwards, and uh, I I would assume they do. Yeah. Uh, but just not good enough. Hey, it's under warranty. Florida. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's just hot. Here. Well, when you said like the battery swelled, I'm like, is that an actual? Thing like oh, yeah. that that can happen, and I was like, "Oh, that well, said sounds it bad." When you put it down, yeah. it would actually. You know, in, in those lithium-ion batteries, there's two chemicals, right? And they're they're separated by a barrier. The barrier is usually just like foil or something. It's not anything crazy. Um, if the two chemicals touch each other, they catch on fire. It's and, like and what the diehard in in New York, where the two chemicals mix. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah the, essentially, what was it George Washington High School or something yeah, like those that? Were or Washington. Batteries. Cleveland High School. <laughs> Grover Cleveland. Grover Cleveland? I don't, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> you had to remember who like the 13th president was. I just was. know he's getting too old for this stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But uh, uh, yeah, so that, that's how those batteries catch on fire. And like when the, remember when the Galaxy Notes were banned on airplanes, mm -hmm. it was because when they would charge, they would swell up. They had no room to expand. 
and they would rupture, the chemicals would touch and they catch on fire. So my laptop had room to expand. That's why it was warped when I came in in the morning and it wouldn't sit flat on the table. It's made from the same material as those Jiffy Pop things. So it just kind of- <laughs> That's right. So I'm on my backup, my uh, Linux laptop. Uh, actually, I'm booted Running in Windows, Windows right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'm all over the place. Well, let's get to the actual news. And, the, and this first story is a really uh, uplifting one uh, to start off. This one's over on Ars Technica. Uh, they're dead to us. The Ars Technica 2019 Death Watch. So uh, these are the the companies that uh, that Ars Technica is predicting will not be companies uh, by the end of 2019. So I'm assuming what well, we have Kmart uh, here <laughs> and so they they've been doing this for four or five years now, uh, maybe longer, but I, I've been aware of it for four or five years. They have a pretty good track record. Uh, they do focus on tech companies for the most part, although they did a special call out for Goop. This year, Are you guys familiar with Goop? Yeah, Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow. Yeah. Right? Gwyneth Paltrow. Like lifestyle website. Thing. So, so <laughs> they have a theory that health products with no associated scientific value uh, is probably not a lasting market. Uh, <laughs> but, but anyhow, uh, they do have some pretty good uh, track record as far as identifying companies that are failing. And, and this year, they have a pretty good rundown. Uh, where is the rundown? So they've got. Not Facebook the company, but Facebook management. They they figure that by the end of 2019, we'll probably see most of Facebook management changed out. They really predict all the way to the top that it might be time for Mark Zuckerberg to not be CEO. Wow. Well, I mean, he didn't come in with a lot of experience as CEO, if I recall. No, he was a developer. He, he was a college student. But you could say that of a number of CEOs. Sure. But there have been so many missteps this year that have affected the company PR-wise. That you know that that hurts their membership base, and their membership base is how they make money. Now, I'm I'm not a big Facebook user. Uh, Vaughn, do you use Facebook more a than a bit. little bit? I take it. <laughs> so, you know, what, what is your opinion? Like, of all this weird stuff that's happened as far as like sharing of information and all, has that affected your usage at all, or do you just say eh, it's going to happen anyway? I mean, everything's out there, anyways. I I kind of if you're on the internet, your information's out there, so kind of get over it, like. That's that's my opinion. I, it hasn't changed anything. All right, now, you're not just saying that because JT was in the Social Network movie, are you? <laughs> like, does Facebook get a pass? Maybe. Well, isn't, he also, isn't he also like a MySpace? Uh, oh yeah, he was like a promoter. Or, yeah, yeah, he like tried to do like the resurgence of it, and I I don't think it went yeah. very well. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you went. Actually, I didn't. No, okay. no. I don't know about you guys, but my MySpace page is killing it. It's uh, doing way better than my Friendster page. Uh, the next one they had was the AOL Yahoo Frankenstein. And I haven't understood this one from the beginning that, uh, you know, AOL is largely an irrelevant company at this point. Yahoo has managed to make themselves irrelevant over the years. Uh, and then why Verizon decided to pay money for either of the companies didn't really make sense to me. Uh, and so they are predicting that this year we'll see the actual failure. So there'll probably be a write-off done on that. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, right? I, what, what can the real value of either of those properties be? Well, maybe they bought it for the write-off. I, they, companies do that sometimes. Yeah, sure. I guess. Seems I like you'd buy your cousin's startup for way too much. <laughs> yeah. you keep it in the family. I didn't <laughs> even know Verizon bought AOL and Yahoo. Yeah, because who cares? Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then Snapchat's on here? That's that's kind of a surprise to me. Really? Snapchat is on here, that yeah. That seemed to me where the people that were leaving Facebook, it, it, as far as age demographics go. Isn't that where all the kids going, go now? Yeah, you the, know? the Snapchats. Yeah, but at the same time, what does Snapchat do that 10 other companies can't do, yeah. right? And I, my understanding here, because, I again, I'm not a Snapchat user either, 
that it was their end-to-end encryption that was supposed to be the exciting thing, but then they've they've turned over keys to a number of governments at this point. So after that, it's just a chat application. Do, do either of you make use of it? I have it because a couple of people have said, oh, I'm, I'm here, and, then, and I'll go in there, and it's it's one of the most confusing interfaces if you don't yeah. know what you're doing in there, mm-hmm. which I, I don't really. I mean, I know you can chat and send pictures and all that stuff, but just there's all these icons and with no descriptions, and you're just assumed that you know what you're doing. And I think I'm wanting it to act like things that I know, yeah. like Facebook or Messenger or something like that. So it was, it's very confusing, and people are like, oh, you should get on Snapchat. So I did, and I'm like, and I've never done it since. So <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of like last year there was that big battle between Meerkat and Periscope, right? The two video programs that were Twitter-enabled. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually mix up which one was successful and which one wasn't. Uh, I want to say it was Meerkat was first, and then instead of Twitter buying them, they just created Periscope, or it might have been the other way around. But either way, today, it doesn't really matter because they're both irrelevant. Yeah. And I, I think that's where these chat programs are kind of ending up. Facebook Messenger killed a lot of that. Well, and the new one for the kids I've heard is TikTok. That's the kind of Vine replacement. I don't know that one. I- it's like <laughs> six-second six – it hmm. might be longer. I don't think they have the exact same as Vine. But um, T-I-K-T-O-K, I think. All right. TikTok is where the cool kids hang out then. I'll, I'll check you while, while you're doing that. All right. And then the <laughs> other one they had was the uh, dishonorable mention for Goop, good old Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, and her assorted selection of mostly women's health stuff, right? Uh, uh, I, I don't. I'm, I'm looking at you guys like either of you have purchased for <laughs> women's health. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. That's definitely. Yeah, I'm is. like you guys are gonna look right at me, and I'm gonna yeah. say I have yeah. never been on this. It is a site, right? It's a website, or uh, is it a product. company? It's a product. It's yeah. a product. Yeah. I don't even know what it is. It's a line of products. <laughs> yeah, and they have some strange ones like the jade egg, which is supposed to be um, used in a way that science has not proved valuable <laughs> so uh it, it's it's a, <laughs> if you are bored just google yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow jade egg <laughs> not don't. at work oh no oh no I just read it okay yeah oh, yeah yeah I just read it no, the first time I was told about that I thought they were pulling my leg I said this can't be real this is it, it's real it's a, it's a real thing they she thinks that works so all right so anyhow there we go uh those are some of the ones I know in the past Peter, you and I have tried to predict uh, companies that would change over the years, and we're terrible at it. So I don't know if there's any uh, any, any companies that you guys can think of that uh, 2019 is going to be a bad year for. All right, hot take here. Um, I just saw on on my CNN app uh, a little bit ago, so it could be fake news, uh, that uh, uh, Jeff Bezos has, uh, and his wife are filing for divorce. Are they really? been married for 25 years, which means that was pre, pre-Amazon. pre Yeah. So probably not a prenup in the garage there. So I'm thinking uh, Amazon is split into 17 uh, smaller companies by the end All of the right. year. All right. So how much is Jeff Bezos worth? He's definitely in the three commas club. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, uh, his, his doors go. His doors yeah. open way, that way. Yeah. Not, way. yeah. So, um, <laughs> so, I mean, he's worth billions of dollars. Now, let me ask you, if you were worth, let's say you're worth- 128 billion. 128 billion billion dollars. So if you're worth 128 billion dollars and you lose half, I'm I'm going with the Eddie Murphy. You know, she gets half. Um, So now you're worth 64 billion. This fast math. Yeah, you're still Um, ahead of of Zuckerberg and you're behind Buffett and Gates. Are are you in pain at that point? Like, oh, I've only got 64 billion dollars. Oh well, hold on. Mackenzie or Mackenzie Bezos is is fifth on this list. Who I'm assuming is his wife. Uh, she's mm. she's at one billion, so they've already given her her own category. Maybe there was a prenup, and it was <laughs> right. if I'm over a hundred billion, you get a billion. Well, 
it, it's probably yeah. um, shareholdings, right? So she she is probably listed as an owner somehow, or she's, she's also an American novelist. Which she may not need any help. He sells books. Yeah, she writes under the alias of uh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, I have heard of her. No. So, yeah, that's her uh, her fake pen name. Good for her. All right. Well, um, yeah, I don't. I, I can't think of any companies offhand. I think uh, you know Red Hat is certainly in a weird spot since they got acquired by IBM. We'll have to see what happens with them over the course of the year. Uh, you have a couple others. Uh, that are poised to grow. You know, Microsoft's obviously doing really great right now, so that's uh, an interesting one to watch. Um, Canonical and Ubuntu have kind of fluttered around a little bit. I think VMware is in a really weird position right now, and 2019 is going to probably define what happens with them. Right now, they're doing well mostly because of Dell using them as a tracking stock and all this weird stock market stuff that's going on, so I'm curious to see how that shakes out in 2019, but... Well, we'll take a look back at this in December. And did, did you have any predictions? Or oh, anything you want to throw out there? No, I didn't know of like half these things on this page right now. So, <laughs> yeah. MySpace is gonna. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Uber was gonna fail this year, and mm. it didn't. Uh, so they're still going. Well, it it took that approach that they're recommending for Facebook, basically revamp the leadership, and yeah. so um, that that could certainly help. But uh, it doesn't matter because robots are taking our jobs anyway, as we'll see on this next article from Tom's Hardware. Hello, Jetsons. Robotic butler can open the fridge and bring you a beer, which is really the gold standard we've held robots uh, to of like, well, can, can it bring me a beer yet? And now <laughs> it can. I mean, the Roomba can bring you a beer, but it can't open the fridge. So uh, what what's this all about, Tom? All right. CES? Every, this is at a CES. CES is going on right now. It's actually going to be uh, wrapping up tomorrow, I think. So tons of announcements coming out of it. Every time I hear them announce a robot, I always think of, do you remember in Rocky II? Uh, Rocky's got a little bit of fame. He's got some money coming in. He buys his brother-in-law, Polly, a robot. And Polly somehow programs the robot to sound like a, a female maid. And he, and he has it bring him a beer. Uh, and that, that's what I always envision when I think of robots. And then here it is. That's what they're promoting. This robot can actually get you a beer and pop the cap off. And because uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> guessing in the in the 80s, he would have had to put the beer in the robot's hand, yeah. then go into the other room and have the robot bring it to him. We've saved a whole step. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so although the robot does look like every other robot we've seen in these things, you know the the bipedal model where it has to have a huge backpack to counterbalance it. Yeah. And why did, why does it have to do that? Can't it just roll? I mean, because that's just creepy. Yeah. It, have you ever heard the term the uncanny valley? Mm-mm. So in, in robotics, uh, there's this thing where if it looks like a robot, people are okay with it. But the more human it looks, there's this, there's this point, this valley, when they measure like whether people like the robot, where if it gets too close to human but it's not perfect, that people fall off and start to hate it. And so, you know, like, like the animatronics at Disney World are right there on that edge where if they actually tried to carry on a conversation with you, you'd probably want to kill it. Right, so those aren't the real presidents in the Hall of Presidents. No, no, yeah, Disney's got some power, but not enough to uh, hire you know, all the ex-presidents. Grave rob all the reincarnate. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, but although I haven't seen Jimmy Carter recently, so maybe you don't know. But yeah, but yeah so uh, you know what they try and do is they try and make it look as human as they can without triggering people's gag reflex. <laughs> so you end up with this this one design. But I, I agree, stick some wheels on it. I don't know. But yeah, yeah we'll, get, so, we'll get that uh, in the new place. That'll be the, the this, next next big thing. This robot <laughs> is capable of uh, dancing, which is apparently a, a requirement. So they've got the the requisite pictures that are out there. Oh, yeah, uh, and I don't know. Is it's it dabbing. Uh, I hope yeah, not. and it, it'll hold your purse. So there you go. The guy could have put it right on that 
<laughs> he was right there. Like he could have, but honestly, <laughs> I think we've evolved as a species. He can't be asked to do those. Kinds we don't of have things. to hang up our own purse. So yeah, that's you know, just so slow. I mentioned the backpack. It's not a big protruding backpack. It's just the back itself is weighted for that counterweight. Uh, um, here's the beer. Yeah. The then, whole uh, squat thing where it walks with it when it <laughs> squats it that that kind of freaks me out. Four seventy or four four seven one seventy. That's a mm. Sir Mix a Lot song right there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, speaking of CES, we have another uh, one to show here. This one uh, is coming to you from the Washington Post. Uh, Apple stars at uh, giant tech confab CES without actually being there. So uh, we went to CES a few years ago, and, and sure. Apple, uh, I don't think, wasn't was there the floor no. then, and so uh, weren't this time. Apple's reached enough fame now where they don't they don't do conferences anymore. They they put on their own events. And people come to them. I was right? about to say they they have their own major event. By themselves, they have a, a huge amphitheater yeah. and all. Like they, they, people go to them. One day that might change, and when they're scrambling for customers, they'll go out to these conferences. But but right now they don't. Um, so they they don't have a presence at CES. But they put out a ad on the side of a building, and I mean basically they cover the entire side of this hotel with an ad, and it says because uh, this is in in Las Vegas. Uh, what happens on your iPhone stays on your iPhone, apple.com slash privacy. So uh, what, it's, what it's supposed to be is a dig on all the other manufacturers about how if you want to keep your data private and safe, stick with Apple because Apple doesn't share private keys with governments and, and other people. Like, uh, that's it. I kind of think this is a little tongue-in-cheek because we know that the government already has ways to to unlock phones. They can get at that data. So while Apple doesn't willingly give it out, it does get out. Yeah. So uh, it's not perfect, but they're they're saying, hey, if you care about privacy, use our Apple product. Yeah, that legal battle didn't go to court because they figured out a way and mm-hmm. they, they got someone to crack it. But um, but at least they tried, I guess, is the, the takeaway here. <laughs> where, uh, you know, that's, that's a great photo because you've got the Google um, yeah, the hey Google monorail on the, going, I thought that going was pretty, by at the same time. Good. But... Um, you know they're they're obviously taking a direct jab uh, at at them as uh, well. I mean, is that Google or is that Samsung that would be? So both, right? If if you have a, a Google Pixel phone or if you have a Samsung Galaxy, they all run the Google Apps framework. Yeah, and that means that all of your information is effectively being shared with Google, and Google uses that to fuel their ad uh, ad targeting and, and all of that. You you are sharing your information with them. Well. With Apple, you're sharing all of your information with Apple, and they use it for all sorts of things. But what they say is, we, we use it for things that make your life better, like showing you which Conway, Kanye West song best matches the mood that you're typically in at 3 p.m. that your Apple Watch tells us. All so, you know, it's, uh, it's like that. I, <laughs> you look at the watch, <laughs> like, does the watch track my mood? Is yeah. That- <laughs> I, I actually thought it was pretty clever. I'm like, oh, that's good. And I'm like, wait, is that 100% accurate? Accurate. Yeah, like, <laughs> I make things up sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, just the ad <laughs> itself is like, I think it stays on my phone, but it doesn't, right? Yeah, it goes into, it goes into yeah. iCloud, and uh, all you have to do is here will be another one for you to Google. Not at work is the fappening, right? And you can find out how well that data is secured in the iCloud because the, you know, humans are still the weakest link, and if you are using a weak PIN number or a predictable password, then your data is not like Apple doesn't do anything extra to secure that. That's true. Well, unfortunately, that's our, our final CES story because Don has a role that we can't talk about drones. Um, <laughs> or the uh, there was a roll-up TV from LG I saw, the OLED that uh, rolls up into the base, which looks pretty coming. cool. 
Um, they had a modular TV that was pretty neat where you just buy the squares and stick them together and cool. you could build a TV whatever size you want. Oh. I guess you could go bigger if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And yeah, We have those lights, the ones that come like where they're in triangles and you can build all sorts of patterns with them. Yeah. I don't know what they're called, but they're really cool. I, I had light bright as a kid. Is that the thing? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the new light bright? No. It, it's thin, like uh, you know, like when you went from a CRT monitor to a, an LCD. Well, that's how the new light bright is. Man. It's thin. <laughs> Kids these days, they don't know how good they've got it. Spoiled. Uh, all right, well, Apple wasn't there, but they did have time to make their own announcements. Uh, so this is over on Recode.net. Apple's going to sell its Apple TV service on Samsung TVs because Apple wants to be a service company. So uh, we're talking about basically what's built into the Apple TV being built into TVs uh, not, coming off the line? Not necessarily. So on an Apple TV, you have a ton of tvOS apps that you can run, right? Yeah. Those are not going to run on Samsung, Okay. What they're really talking about, at least here in the beginning, is the ability to do iTunes music and to stream from Apple TV's video service. So if you have subscriptions and things in Apple TV, you'll be able to view those. In time, we might see those apps make the jump, but I seriously doubt it because a lot of those apps actually require some some decent processor power. And even the more expensive Sony's and Samsung TV's just don't have a lot of processor power. If you get a smart TV and you bring up that menu, it's slow. you can buy a $4,000 TV and it's slow right now. So uh, I don't know why that is. That's why Roku is so awesome. You stick a Roku on, it's fast. But what's happening is we reported last week that Apple is seeing some reduced sales numbers. Their uh, iPhone is not performing as well in a number of markets as they expected. People are holding on to their phones longer. You know, we, we joked about it, you and I, that um, we both have iPhone 10s mm-hmm. and haven't upgraded to 10s, 10s Max, 10R, whatever. Bon, what do you have? I I have the 10R. You sheep. X whatever thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I, I just upgraded. You didn't come from, from a 10. Yeah. I came from my 6S. Okay. Oh, see, mm-hmm. you held it a long time. That's yeah. a big move. So the phones do last a long time now, and, and they're saying because they're waterproof, people aren't replacing them as often, and, and the screens don't scratch, which they absolutely do. Um, you know, the people just keep them longer, and phones are more expensive, so you don't want to go and buy one, and that's hurting Apple's bottom line. So now they're starting to push a lot of their services and it just makes sense making making it where people can buy or rent an iTunes movie right from their TV. That's that's a whole new market. Well, it's funny too because if we're talking about that. Oh, it, people aren't moving as much. But if you go down in this article, there is a chart showing the Apple iPhone sales versus their service revenue, and that's intended to show how um, you know they're trying to make more money on services. But the iPhone portion of that is pretty uh, pretty steady mm-hmm. in in its uh, trajectory there, and obviously you've got the jumps when they're releasing a new one uh, versus uh, the times when they're not. But I mean that that's a pretty straight line, even you know going up a little bit, especially from fourteen to uh, fifteen, sixteen there. So uh, it's not like it's it's a dip. It's maybe just not curving up as as quickly as they'd like, and and maybe they're seeing. The trend is gonna is gonna uh, kind of plateau there, but but yeah, service is definitely a lower portion uh, for them. Yeah, and I I don't want to turn this into business school, but there's this uh, business buzzword that's being thrown around right now called predictable revenue. And if you look at the services, see how the services are a nice steady line. They they mm-hmm. can predict from month to month what they're going to get. But with the iPhone, after that initial peak burst of sales. They don't really know, and sometimes the dips are lower than others. Like it, it's a it's a rocky road that they can't necessarily predict, and and you don't want to hinge your company around a single sales month, which is yeah. that's what I always called the Toys R Us model, right? Where every December they'd make a ton of money, and the rest of the year they would be in the red. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess the difference between the peaks and the valleys are much bigger on that graph. That they used to be peak valley, peak valley, and now it's 
very high peak when you release something new and very deep valley then when yeah. uh, you don't have people kind of out of cycle um, upgrading to the to the new device. So uh, my favorite part of this article is actually um, the very first line says news out of CES and then has an asterisk uh, and says I assume they were going to say, well, Apple wasn't really at CES. But the bottom uh, asterisk says the Consumer Electronics Show doesn't technically kick off for a couple of days. So this is a couple of days ago. Um, but this is part of a flurry of CES timed announcements, the majority of which you can ignore. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. I'm glad, I'm glad they let me know. Oh, I can ignore these stories. Fantastic. Well, that's uh, definitely an interesting one, and we'll we'll keep an eye on what comes out of the new Apple TV service. But you just on get TV. iTunes. That's it, right? I mean, that's the only thing you're really well, getting you're, on a Samsung? I guess you rented For movies now. and yeah. things that, that you would used to have to have a separate device to watch. You can, yeah. you can access. It, it would be a bigger deal if it were the apps, right? Because there's a lot of tvOS apps that are really well made. But you've got to have an Apple TV. Those. That's what I'm saying. I, mean, I don't know what's the I mean, major difference besides you get your TV. iTunes yeah, music and suck. Have, sure. have you used them? Like, yeah, yeah I do. I've, and so I, I use Plex every single day. And Plex on an Apple TV or Plex on a Roku is great. Mm-hmm. Plex on my Samsung TV. And I, do you remember the Samsung Frame TVs that we we yep. talked about? I don't know, probably ten episodes ago. Um, I that was a. Christmas present to myself that mm-hmm. we got this year. So it's, it's a nice TV. And the smart TV hub on that is it's just slow and painful and the apps are are just not great. So you can't uh, even talk to the remote. I know. <laughs> yep. Like, I only ever have Apple TVs, so I don't yeah. know. Oh yeah. We're yeah, a Roku that's always, We have I lots have, of Roku's. We have one Roku, but I still like the Apple TV. <laughs> I'm an Apple founder. What can I say? <laughs> All right, well, let's shift gears uh, now to our next article over on ZDNet, uh, ZDNet.com. Linux 5 is on the way. So uh, this is and this is something that's been scheduled. We knew this was coming, but... Uh, you know, we, we really didn't. No. Uh, yeah, so the, the Linux kernel, okay. we've been on the Linux kernel 4 for many, many years. Uh, and they were all the way up to 4.21. Uh, so you know, that was the, the last kernel revision. And Linus Torvalds a- announced just a few days ago that, hey, it's time. We're flipping over to Linux 5.0. Now, when I heard the news, I was caught by surprise. I, I knew eventually we'd go to 5. And usually when there's a major change like that, there's some significant uh, change to the system, like when ELF binaries rolled out or something like that. that I mean, it was a big, big deal. This time, it's almost comical because... Uh, his reason for going to 5.0 is not that there's a major change, but because he just felt that the sub number was too high. He said he, did, he ran out of fingers and toes <laughs> to count the sub versions. So, you know, he got to 21. It's too many. That's Time awesome. to go to 5.0. <laughs> and uh, and that's it. It's a good system. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a big jump. It, it reminds me of when Cisco, Cisco's uh, iOS, their internet work operating system that runs on the routers, uh, when they went from the 12 point line to the 15 point line they skipped 13 and 14 so a huge jump and the only thing they changed was how they manage licenses so in other words how they bill you for the service but everything else was was the same this is very similar so we're, we're doing a big number jump no significant change associated with well, it's it. like a mental thing it's like play on your psychological like evaluation of like ooh. 12 to 15, that's huge. It's yeah. got to be so much like better. 5G. Why don't we just go to 6G? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll be real. Do do tech companies skip 13 like uh, like elevators? I don't know. Um, I don't, you don't see a lot of products that hmm. are up in those numbers there. Yeah, Apple, I mean, you had Mac OS 10.13. Uh, sure. You know, they yeah. didn't they didn't skip, or at least, you know, that subversion. Yeah, well, uh, we'll, we'll see in a, in a few years, I guess, when... 13.13 <laughs> dot, 
whatever. Usually when out. a number gets skipped, I'm, I'm always excited. Like, why, why did they skip? What happened? And remember uh, when Microsoft went from Windows 8 to Windows yeah, 10? No, no, and no. it turned out to be a, a programming reason why they did that. So there was some, some logic behind it. Uh, but it's usually interesting when they skip a number. Hmm. All right. Well, so I guess the surprise was not that Linux 5, uh, or that they stuck with 5 and didn't just go to 6. Uh, yeah, well, you could say that. I that's suppose. What, or that's they didn't go to ten to be in line with everybody surprised. else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, five S. <laughs> we need we need to get Mac OS, Windows, and Linux all in the same version numbers. It'd be, be nice and confusing. Yeah, compare apples <laughs> to apples. Uh, all right, let's move over now to TechCrunch. Uh, GitHub free users now get unlimited private repositories. So, um, you know, maybe all those people that were mad at Microsoft when they bought GitHub can now. Say thank you. You know, it, GitHub, it's the world's most popular code repository for developers. So, you know, every developer these days is expected to at least have uh, a functional understanding of how Git works to either be able to use GitHub or services like it, like GitLab. With GitHub, their business model has always been that if you have a free account, you can have as many repos as you want as long as they're public, right? As long as they're being shared with society, you can do it and they don't charge you a dime. And if you want a private one, you've got to pay. So now they've changed that a little bit, that you can have as many private ones as you want, but you can only have up to three collaborators. So like if the three of us wanted to do a project, we could use free GitHub accounts, we could make it a private repository, and we could all uh, work on it, we wouldn't have to pay a dime. But the moment we wanted to bring a fourth person in, that's where you have to pay. So it's kind of like saying small businesses or small teams now get it free, and the bigger ones have to pay. This is more than likely because of the Microsoft acquisition, right? Uh, so Microsoft can afford to give a little bit more away, and they want to make sure that people are happy and stay with GitHub and don't move to services like, like GitLab. GitLab has seen a huge increase since the Microsoft acquisition, so I'm, I'm sure they're combating that. All right, fantastic. Uh, all right, just a couple more stories before uh, we get to uh, Vaughn's insights. No pressure. Uh, <laughs> this one on the New York Times, nytimes.com. Uh, Marriott concedes 5 million passport numbers lost to hackers were not encrypted. So I, I assume this uh, concession is as a result of GDPR. Otherwise, we wouldn't be hearing about this for six months or something. Well, it, it's actually uh, a result of their mixed messages they keep sending. So they did the disclosure, uh, although I think they did wait too long, but they did the disclosure and said, hey, there was a breach. 5 million customers' contact information may have been released. Here's the things that make that up. And they mentioned passport numbers. And people asked, were the passport numbers encrypted? And over the last month or so, Marriott has made several statements that were very vague and ambiguous. They just wouldn't commit to the fact of saying, yes, they were unencrypted, that we did not store them encrypted even at rest. And, and that was that. Uh, so now they have actually come out and said, Yes, we lost this information in the breach, and it was not encrypted. So they absolutely had that. Your passport numbers were indeed disclosed, along with your name, uh, most likely your address, and a handful of other details. So, uh, and you know, honestly, I'm not surprised to hear it. A lot of organizations will encrypt like your your account password, and they'll do strong encryption, but the rest of your records they typically won't encrypt if it's just your name or just your address because it's technically information somebody could find out anyway, right? But passport number is a little bit different. I, I couldn't just find out somebody's passport number. Is that something that, I mean, I, I don't do a lot of identity theft myself. Um, is that <laughs> something that, that people can do a lot with, a passport number? Uh, you know, they do have the e-passports now that have an RFID in them, which yeah. communicates your passport number. So in theory, that could be leveraged. Um, 
otherwise, I, I don't know what you could do with that. Yeah, a friend of mine was flying international actually yesterday, and she posted on on Facebook a, a picture uh, on on the flight, and it and it had her passport opened. I was like, I I think you should take that photo down. <laughs> I was like, people are getting up in arms about this uh, about passport numbers. I'd probably yeah take those take that picture so, down. I've been through the e passport booth and on the scanner, you actually lay your passport down and it takes a picture of your passport as it scans the chip. So they're able to compare the two. They'd have to match. So, you know, a snapshot of your passport would probably be more useful to an attacker than just, well, your passport number would be on that picture. So yeah. yeah. You're fancy uh, global entry now, aren't you? Yeah, but you still have to scan your passport. Okay. Still, yeah. still you just get to cut in the line. <laughs> must be nice. All right. Well, it looks like that was only a portion of the, I guess, 383 million records. Um, so good for them. So yes, uh, five million. <laughs> yeah, 300 and, and some odd uh, million were actually encrypted. So yeah, if, as long as you get some of it right, um, people will focus on that. All right. Our last story uh, for the day here over on BBC.com. Um, this is important. Uh, smartphone users warned to be careful of the Antichrist. Uh, I assume uh, that uh, he or she has uh, a Snapchat account and is uh, getting more and more followers. But this is uh, according to the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church. Um, so, uh, yeah, are you so, ready, Don? Sure. The you know the the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church. This is a big deal, right? That is a, a big church so with a, a number of, of followers. Um, not not so much here in the U.S. obviously, but but over in in Russia, and um, uh, basically their 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 head. I, I I would say like their equivalent of a pope, but he's not a pope. Um, but uh, but basically, he came out and made a couple of statements, and basically. Uh, highlighting how we've allowed the World Wide Web to control our opinions, our views, our our morals and values. Like a lot of that is being fed to our, our younger generations. And if you grew up watching YouTube idiots or people like us, then you know what kind of an adult are you going to turn into? Uh, and so what the the actual statement was was the Antichrist is the person who will be at the head of the World Wide Web, controlling all of humankind. Um, so Jeff Bezos. Uh, yeah, or Mark Zuckerberg, I guess. Yeah. You know, you could probably tag either of them. You know, Jeff Bezos, uh, people like to call him out, but he he's never really told me how to vote, but well, Mark Zuckerberg has. Subconsciously. Sure <laughs> That's right. He's got a direct line into your your Alexa at night. Is, is I mean, he tells know. me what soap to buy. Yeah. Sure. yeah. <laughs> And that's controlling your brain, just like the chemtrails. Uh, that's that's very possible. I didn't think about that. I, I, here I was thinking it was the fluoride in the water all this time. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's part of it too. But your teeth look great, so um, so you know, it is an extreme statement. But honestly, if you think about it, if you control the communications on the web, it it's like propaganda. If you control people's information, you do effectively control them. So, uh, as Newman said in Seinfeld, when you control the mail, you control information. <laughs> I guess that's true. But and that mail has been replaced with smartphones, <laughs> and Newman has been replaced with the Antichrist. Yeah, if you control the mail, you control the bed, bath, and mail. beyond. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no one gets twenty percent yeah. off this month. I've got five of these, and I, now I get a hundred percent off. All right, well, yeah. uh, that's it for the news, but that's not it for us today on Technado. We've got more, including our interview with Vaughn, coming up right after this. In 
Enjoying TechNado? Then you'll want to check out Asks Me Anything, another podcast from the IT Pro TV network. In each episode, the subject matter experts from IT Pro TV field questions submitted by viewers like you from Twitter using the hashtag Asks Me Anything. Learn more at itpro.tv slash podcasts. Welcome back to TechNado. All right, we are here now. Well, we've been here with, with Vaughn Smith, but we're going we're gonna to talk to Vaughn a little bit more now and, <laughs> and, uh, and get her take. So, uh, Vaughn, uh, one of the things that you focus on, you said, is uh, Microsoft Office and, and doing a lot of the training for that here. So 2019 is out now. And, uh, I mean, what are, the, what are the big features we should be excited about? Not much. <laughs> 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 to, be com- to be completely honest, um, 2019, yeah, it's always like a big buzz thing, right? It's going from Office 2016 to 2019. Um, well, the thing is, if you've already been on an Office 365 subscription, it it's no different. Like, there's like a tiny bit of difference in the ribbon, like the icons, like all the different icons are a little bit uh, cleaner. They've gone to like the, the clean look uh, for like, you know, it's kind of big in graphics, like nothing but white space and a single color, that kind of stuff. So that's what the icons have done. But as a product by itself it's kind of hard to to say like this is so big and new you're you know you're gonna get your socks yeah. blown off or something is it like still that. the metro ui the big uh, microsoft or modern metro? modern ui or they, they, they lost that yeah. uh, trademark yeah, lawsuit right. yeah, that's true oh did they yeah, because they were calling it the Metro UI, yeah. but yeah. turns out there was another company that already made a product called Metro UI, and they had to they rename it to the Modern UI, oh. and that's yeah. Oh, okay, well, I I wasn't really using Windows that much anyway, so. <laughs> All right, so so Office when we're talking about Office twenty nineteen, that is just the installed local copy, like nothing changed to three sixty five when this changed. Correct. Yeah, and okay. I mean, and I guess that's the biggest thing. This is it's kind of been the ongoing thing with any of the Office products of trying to differentiate Office 365 and Office 2016. And now you just replace that with 2019. You're talking about the the perpetual licenses, the ones where you're actually buying uh, the like the old box. Remember the boxes like along the wall and like Office Depot or Office mm-hmm. Max or whatever yeah, that you have right to go and down there. Oh yeah. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't have office yeah. there. But, <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but like you would go and like purchase the software and then you would have to install it and like that was your copy. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't get a new copy until like the next version came out, like Office two thousand and then Office two thousand and two was the next one. Wow, I went all the way to 2000. Where am I? Three, <laughs> wasn't it? No, there was a 2002. Yeah. There was XP. There was Office yeah. XP. Yeah, but there was always the, those were the only like installments and the upgrades that you got was going from 2010 to 2013. Uh, and those are the perpetual licenses. And so you can still buy all of the Office products that way. So I think, and I've read a bunch of articles about how Microsoft with Office 2019 they were doing like a commercial target. They were trying to target companies. And of course, since we're on Office 365, we never got those targets. Mm-hmm. They're trying to target companies that wanted to make the jump or like, hey, like, let, go ahead and upgrade to 2019. Uh, you're not ready for Office 365 because, you know, you're scared about the cloud stuff and the Internet. Because, of course, some companies can't be constantly connected to the Internet. So mm-hmm. that was what they were supposed to be pushing with it. But as for like new features again it just kind of depends on where you came from if you're on 2016 and you never saw anything new going to 2019 the interface look a little different you're gonna have some of those features that they rolled out in office 365 they've kind of like packaged it in that like static version of 2019 
but they're still leaving quite a few features out course trying to promote that like you should go to office 365 so if, if you're a company though I, I remember back in my corporate days that uh when we went from like office uh 2000 to 2003 or, or whatever that we would have to train employees so we'd have to you know set up some classes so the employees would learn here here's how the new ribbon works or here's how this feature's changed or, or whatever to teach them but if you're going from 2016 to 2019 is it if it is it small enough of a difference where people aren't going to have to retrain? I would say so. Um, and like it's funny when you say that. Remember when it went to the office button, where the the file oh, yeah. menu went away, and, and people freaked out, like lose, <laughs> like lost their minds. And I kind of did too. I'm like, I, I don't even know what to do. You know, mm -hmm. like you always went to file open. Now it's office button open. That was a huge change. You know, going from like the toolbars to the ribbon, massive like UI change. The ribbon's been around for a while. Yeah, several generations now. Exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, it, the, the buttons look a little, like, um, less shiny. So, so it sounds like, um, it, I mean, you were talking before about how you went from an iPhone 6 to the, the 10 XR or the XR or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> do you, Microsoft obviously wants everyone to get the latest version of everything as it comes out, but is it your experience that, you know, and Donnie mentioned, like, working at some of the companies before that people make that change each time or we'll kind of look at it and say, is, is it worth it? Hey, we'll, we'll wait till the next one comes out or we'll wait till one after that comes out. In in my opinion, people usually waited until the absolutely were forced to move. So they, they stopped supporting the, I, the one you're on. I, I knew people who were running office 2000 just up until a couple of years ago and yeah. when, Microsoft would end support and people didn't care as long as they could install it and run it. Okay. It was fine. And uh, where they started running into problems were that you know, if you go way back to Office 2000, it was only a 32-bit install. And there's a lot of plugins and tools that have gone 64-bit now, and they wouldn't work. So when it comes to Microsoft Office, in my experience, people aren't really excited to upgrade. I mean, is, is that what you've seen, Vaughn? I mean, uh, for a lot of people, I just have to type a letter. You can use a keyboard and put it on a piece of paper and print it or whatever you have, whether it's 2000 or 2019. Like it's it all, I think it depends on your need of a lot of it comes on a budget. I mean, it's expensive. And that's actually something that I found interesting of like, if you're going to purchase a standalone, you know, perpetual license install of 2019, it's actually more money than if you just bought an Office 365 subscription. And especially if you buy an Office 365 subscription that allows you to download a local copy of yeah. that software, which was basically the same thing. You're actually paying less for the Office 365. So that model's kind of changed. Instead of saying, we want you to upgrade, it's more of a, we want you to subscribe yeah. and, and pay monthly or yearly. I, I'll tell you, for me, Office 365 became a no-brainer. You used to know a lot of people that would steal Office, right? You can go online and bootleg it, especially college kids. But Office 365 is pretty cheap, and they give you five installs. So... If you got a family, you can install it on five computers for, I think it starts at like $7. Now I'm going to sound like a Microsoft commercial. Uh, but, you know, for 7 bucks a month, it's mm -hmm. not like you're having to go and pay $400 for Office just to get one install. So that, that whole market's changed quite a bit. You're going to steal it, too. You're going to open Office something like that I mean, probably yeah today you've got today. a lot more competition yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. open office is uh, is pretty good or, or LibreOffice is the one you want uh it it as far as the core features like vaughn mentioned writing a letter whatever LibreOffice will do it and it'll save in in microsoft formats so, yeah. so does does microsoft position it that way where 365 is better than than 2019 because well, it feels like to me 
you're getting less. You know, it, it, you're, you don't have all the the features there. Obviously, you've you've got different features. You know, availability all over the place and, mm-hmm. and the storage and all that. But I think um like the the actual page, and you have to like really search for Office 2019 on the Microsoft website because of course all is putting is Office 365, Office 365. And then when it comes to like, here's 2019, that one, that page right there. Sorry, I'm looking at uh, Don's computer. It's just like, here you go. That's it. And if you look at that comparison chart, it's like, here, look, you can buy this. There's two check marks. And then the, all the other stuff, all the way down to like, oh, you can do all these great things and it's automatically updated. And so I think they're obviously right here. Visually, you can see that's what I'm getting for 2019. And it's two hundred fifty dollars, but then the column right next to it, eight twenty five. Eight twenty five a month. And <laughs> yeah, you, you get know? all this other stuff. You know, my my understanding was that um, when they decided they were going to put on Office twenty nineteen, what they did is last September they just took a snapshot of what was available in Office three sixty five, froze it, and said that's twenty nineteen. Yes. And so immediately afterwards, once you got into October, Office three sixty five was already more advanced, and even though that's still branded Office twenty sixteen. It's actually got features that Office 2019 doesn't have. And didn't you like you you got on like some mailing list? Is like okay, I'm gonna get that commercial version of 2019. You installed it. Was it. A nightmare. <laughs> we looked at it. And I'm like, that's the exact same. Yeah. It looks exactly the same. There is nothing in my mind. Again, from where yeah. I came from or what I already have, I'm like, there's nothing new. They changed the logo to say 2019. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's actually funny because there's a there's another uh, link that I sent you about the the new logos. The, yeah, those. There we go. So supposedly, and I, I don't I don't know this is fake news. I don't think so. But it's look at the they have new icons that are coming out. Is that Teams. Yeah, there's Teams and there's, Word and. What's the Y? Is that Yammer? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they they're gonna upgrade their their logos, and that that's actually been around those same office logos for uh, 2016 and 2013. They've they've been around for a while. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about those logos, honestly. But um, it's also because I've been staring be at them nature. for so many years, yeah. you know. Yeah. But uh, I supposedly that's coming down, and so maybe like a whole new branding that's gonna happen with that. Uh, and then again, like the ribbon, that was like a big difference in the sense of like how it looks. It looks cleaner. And this actually happened like right in the middle of filming one of my, I think it was PowerPoint or something. It's like, oh, look, there's a whole new interface. And I think when, yeah, it's not the greatest picture, but I, I think when things like that change, people kind of freak out. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, everything's different. Oh my gosh, my screen doesn't look like your screen when I'm doing uh, any type of instruction. And I'm like, it, it's the same button. They just made it look a little cleaner looking a little it's a little bit more um vector looking yeah i mean. I, uh, I don't see the difference i don't like I, nothing jumping out here at me as being really different the the biggest thing is like they just look simplified they call it a simplified ribbon uh the graphics are a little again more vectory uh if you don't know what a vector is then you probably that doesn't make any <laughs> difference to you but they just look cleaner and sharper uh and that's really the biggest difference visually that that I can see. There is a features list like in the the Microsoft help files that I feel is if if somebody's like looking for like I want to actually compare features, that one right there, that actually lists everything out as like what is new uh, in the the software. And so you can see there's some some features. There's actually something in I think Excel where I'm like, I don't even know what that that thing is. That math thing right there. That latex Oh latex support? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'm not a math you know, person. <laughs> uh, LaTeX in the in the Linux Unix world, we run into that a lot. Uh, it, it's a basically it, it's kind of like a typesetting program that you can 
uh, type things out like complex mathematical equations, which are difficult to get rendered correctly. You don't want to print it out and all of a sudden two numbers that are supposed to be divided or side by side and so on. And so it has a syntax where people can write that will define it and let you write out equations. It, it's not just equations, really any typing. So it's, um, it's just like character sets. It's like a, it's like open type font faces where you have like fractions and ordinals yeah, it, and glyphs and swashes. Sorry, I'm a yeah, it, it, geeking out on a typeface right now. It helps you kind of define it, lay out in a predictable <laughs> manner. And uh, there's not like an official here's the latex tool you need for editing. It's usually people use Emacs with latex support or, or something like that. Uh, so they've added that into Word. But again, even if you're on Office 2016, if you're using Office 365, you've received this as part of your regular Office 365 updates. So so going back to what Don was saying earlier about training, are we, are we even um, putting out new courses for 2019 or are we basically assuming, you know, 2016, you're, you're good? <laughs> So far, yeah. Literally, the only difference is anywhere it says 2016, it now says 2019. <laughs> Everything else is identical. So that's, it. Yeah. that's kind of the nice part is that you don't have to retrain your company, which also means we don't need to refilm videos. There's no point. It's it's all the same. It's like I, I actually kind of want to film like a update. Nothing's really different. It's just showing the, the logo. <laughs> look, if you look here, you'll see yeah. it's a six. But again, if you're coming from a perpetual license, you've been on 2003 or whatever, 2007, right? And you're on Word 2007 and you've been on that and then they upgrade you to an Office 365 and then you get a local installation and you go ahead and fire that up, it, it will be significantly different. But that's because you're going... Yeah. from like over 10 years. But in that case, you change. watch the 2016 training and you know what you're doing then. Yeah, but you, you could definitely watch all the 2016 training and be right on track mm -hmm. because I'm on an Office 365, so everything that I'm doing is upgraded to that particular level. And actually in, the, in any of my uh, videos, I'll specifically say this is an Office 365 only feature. So y'all on a perpetual license, you're not going to see this. Yeah. But... You'll see everything else. Now, I've been skimming through that article, and I see where uh, it looks like Microsoft Project and Microsoft Visio have taken some updates. Now, those are not on the normal update cadence, right? So that, that may actually be, uh, for, for people who use those products, there might be some new features there. And those are actually like separate than just reg like regular Office 365. Right. You, ha you really have extra. to look at those like uh, product plans mm -hmm. because there's even ones, we, we've actually run into it, where you only get the online versions of the Office products. Like you cannot locally install a hard copy of Word or Excel onto your computer. You can only use the online version of any of the software, which for me as a more advanced users, it is significantly lower. Like the online versions of like Word or PowerPoint, people ask me questions. I'm like, oh, go to this button. But wait, you don't have that button. What? Oh. You're in the online version. Oh, okay. Like to me, it's like significantly less, but I know these products a lot different than people. Now, are, are you typically able to help them then find find a way to, to do something, or are there are there certain features where you say you, you just have to be on the local version to do that? That, that yeah, that's normally because to me, but that's also maybe I'm a little biased because that's my go-to answer is how to do it in a local version. So I'm looking for that answer, and I haven't found like the workaround or whatever that you have to do on the online. Mm -hmm. um, and I always tend to like answer it with like a more complex answer than you probably need, because I know it at a different level. So sometimes it's almost harder for me to kind of 
go down if you want to say oh. uh i know I'm, <laughs> I'm like that sounds so mean but it's it's just different and, i'd and love to help you with your powerpoint peter but <laughs> uh, smart. we're really not on the same level <laughs> powerpointing well that that's great uh you know speaking of being on a different level uh you, you're a big mac user and i know for years office on windows and office on mac were really two different things uh they started shoring up windows and excel to get them more similar we saw Outlook in the last version in 2016 start to become more similar. So how, how's that looking? Are they are they at feature parity yet? Is there still a difference? Pretty close, honestly. And, there, and a lot of the stuff, again, since we're on that upgrading stuff, that's another big reason why they want to push the Office 365 besides getting like, this is the only version you get and you're not going to get any updates. You'll get security, but not feature updates. Um, anytime something new comes out, I'm like, oh, it's not on Mac. Give it about four months or so. Oh look! Now you can do that in the Mac version. So it's it's definitely moving up to where they're, they're it's getting closer, way more than it used to be in the past. Uh, you did mention something when as soon as you said Mac, uh, and then like how how do they correlate? One thing that was interesting in the Office 2019, the requirements that's for actually running it, you have to be on Windows 10. It will not run on any other operating system besides that. I didn't know that. So yeah. like Windows 7, Windows 8, they're out? It won't. It doesn't support it. So that that was a kind of a big thing is it will support Windows 10. You have to be on that operating system. So that might be another reason you talk about like yeah. why would somebody upgrade or why not. If they don't have Windows 10, you're not going to be able to get Office 2019. So if and you want that 6 turned upside down, <laughs> you've got to now go buy a new computer. And, and on yeah. yeah, and on the Mac, uh, I think it was um, Sierra was the like Sierra, Hi Sierra. What are we on the Mo Mojave? Mo Mojave. <laughs> Mojave. Yeah. So you you do have to your up your operating system does have to be a little bit more upgraded uh, to be able to use Office 2019. Again, maybe another reason why, well, if you go to Office 365. Yeah. You know, so I, On the Mac side, I know why they're doing it, which is part of the uh, file security and file synchronization features they're using because they, they enable collaboration where two people can edit the same document at the same time. And Apple rolled out some features there that support that a few versions ago. On the Windows side, you were able to do that under Windows 7. So I think they've just made the choice, like, this is how we're going to force people to upgrade. Because uh, you know a lot of people are perfectly happy with Windows 7, but support has ended for it. Uh, same thing with Windows 8. Mm -hmm. You will upgrade. Well, <laughs> well, Vaughn, thank you so much for um, ruining my uh, my buzz and excitement about 2019. I was I'm ready sorry. to go to Best Buy and uh, <laughs> just waiting to hear your, your review. But uh, now it sounds like I'll wait till 2022 when... Or 2021, I don't know when the next you know they, kind of the cycle we're on now. They've been on a three-year three year. cadence, mm -hmm. yeah. but that's probably not going to be the case anymore, is it? With 365 now? I mean, that's what everybody's saying. I mean, who who knows, you is know? Is this the last version? Could this be? Yeah, I mean. That's what they're saying about Windows 10. That was the whole, like, they did the, the 2000, 2002, and then 2003. But that was that was a long time ago, so who knows? I mean, yeah. Who knows like, if they'll just stop doing perpetual licenses altogether. I mean, Adobe did, basically. Maybe they'll just stop doing Office and switch over to LibreOffice. <laughs> well, go. they said they had – one website said there was 1.2 billion users for Office. Really? Now, That's the Earth's said. population is like 6 seven. billion. Isn't it 7 right? now? 7 billion? Yeah, I think okay. a billion people were born last year. All right. Yeah, so uh, Fake one news, out of seven who knows, people. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty hefty use. Although, if I have five installs, do I count five times? Oh, maybe. I, I guess you would. Who yeah. knows? <laughs> but, but I mean, like where you're saying, like, open office, 
pe- people know word. I mean, I think it's kind of like an, our collective consciousness about like, oh, I need to use a computer. I have to use word. You know, like my mom's a perfect example of that. You know, I have to have office. What do you need office for, mom? Like you don't you don't do that kind of stuff. You can do all of that stuff on, you know, notes or even like whatever's built into whatever device you decide to buy because she thinks that the thing she needs to do is buy a new device. I don't know. Maybe so. she's secretly like a Microsoft <laughs> Access Master. And, uh, <laughs> you know. Whipping up databases. As the uh, TechNado Live um, fact checker uh, point out, there are now 7.7 billion uh, people on Earth, according people uh, have been to busy. Wikipedia, <laughs> what I just wrote a minute ago on Wikipedia. It's 7.7 <laughs> billion. So uh, makes those numbers really less impressive. Uh, only 1.7 billion I know. Uh, installs. That's that's nothing these days. Meanwhile, 3 billion have a Snapchat account. So sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much uh, for thank that information. You. And thanks for joining us on, on TechNado. It was good to have you. And I hope you won't be a stranger. Um, sure. I'll come back if you oh, want me to. Fantastic. So if come you back and me. tell us why not to do Office 2022. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, well, while we were in the break a moment ago, uh, we were able to convince Don uh, to show one more CES article because it's a lot of fun. And <laughs> I was skeptical about showing this because uh, there's talk now it might be a publicity stunt, but it's still just a lot of fun to watch. So uh, apparently a self-driving uh, Tesla, or a Tesla in that self-driving mode with a, with a driver in it, uh, hit and killed a robot at CES, and I say killed because they say it didn't work anymore. And there it is, the the <laughs> moment of impact. Uh, and there's a lot of signs that that have us thinking this could be um, uh, foul play or staged. Uh, the fact that we're talking about this robot um, that we would not have been otherwise uh, could be a leading yeah. uh, contributor. But um, but Don, you you see uh, you see a shadowy figure. Well, so uh, someone, one of the posters said you could see a rope, and if you watch over here in the bottom left corner, after it knocks it over, then for just a moment, you can see there it is, right oh. there, uh, what looks like a bobbing rope that may have been tethered to the, the robot. Uh, I think it's a little odd that this guy runs out. He's obviously concerned, um, but well, he doesn't, he doesn't stand it up. When you when you stand well, you, up, no. If someone's hit by a car, you you immediately uh, you're not supposed to move them, the right? Neck. Yeah. I, I I think the robot's neck is probably <laughs> fine, and if there's damage, it would be on the right side, which you can't see. Oh, all of a sudden we got down here, robot doctor. Well, you know, uh, it's, uh, why aren't all the other cars stopping? Yeah, if I right? saw if I saw that, I would jump well, out. Peter, you mentioned during the break, like the the Tesla doesn't slow down or swerve at all. It's yeah, a that's straight what concerns trajectory. Me is, well, first of all, you know, you're assuming that in in autonomous mode, that the Tesla is going to to see it um, and and make a a move. But even if it didn't, if something was broken, you'd think that after any kind of impact, it would break or or um, or stop and and um, Collaborate or, or, and listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's just back in the brand new invention. But the uh, <laughs> but the driver's supposed to be in there as well. We we know you're supposed to have your hands on the wheel, but they probably don't. But still, if I if I'm watching uh, a movie on my iPad or reading a book while my car's driving and I hear a bump of of a robot, I'm going to hit the brake. <laughs> I think at that point, and that didn't happen. The the Tesla just kept on going. So um, a lot of uh, conspiracy theories out there. This is a Russian company. This is the Promobot. Um, the Model V4, um, for those of you wondering, and it has met Vladimir Putin um, in the past. Um, so the plot, you know, I the didn't plot, go to yeah, their the plot does thicken. No, I want to. I, I haven't been to their oh, website, although their website's probably being slammed with traffic sure. right now. Which you know, mission accomplished, right? right. Did um, you go to the article I sent you too? There, we've got the that oh no, I was on the YouTube uh, article, but 
like if he had met Vladimir Putin, they would have that on their homepage, wouldn't they? That's that's a big deal. Wait, but, but this company is at the CES. Well, they're there, but apparently the robot is uh, is unable to be repaired in the time that they they need it to. So they they say we brought this robot from Philadelphia to participate at CES. Now we neither now it neither cannot participate in the event or be recovered. Oh, here so it is. English is a second language. I've oh, got the uh, the promo bot uh, shaking hands. We just missed it there. Shaking hands with Vladimir Putin, who doesn't look terribly impressed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, side eye there. It looks like he's tolerating the robot and yeah, the yeah. other robots that that weren't hit. He likes he likes the robots that don't get hit. By hey, cars. it's not a bear, yeah. so I mean. All right. <laughs> well, I think that story we can all agree was was worth uh, taking the time to go back. <laughs> for, so we'll keep you updated on the conspiracy theory. Where we've got the Zabruder film here, and everyone's uh, going to be analyzing this and, and finding out exactly what happened. And we'll get to the bottom of this uh, for you. But first, we uh, before we let you go, we want to let you know about a couple of things coming up. First of all, um, it's webinar season again uh, now that uh, the holidays are behind us. Got a couple coming up. Uh, if you head over to itpro.tv/webinars, you can check those out. Uh, the first one coming up on January 17th, 10 must-have skills for leadership in IT uh, with Joe Peacock. She's going to be taking you through that. And then uh, we've got a, a little unique one there coming up on the 31st, five common questions about starting an IT career. And that is featuring our own Don Bazette here. Then also Zach Hill from IT Career Questions, a big uh, YouTube channel. And so he'll have some great insight there as well. We're going to bring him in remotely and, and have a, a fun podcast or fun webinar there. So you can check that out at itpro.tv slash webinar to register for the upcoming ones. You can also see all the past webinars there and uh, go ahead and watch them on demand. Um, so if you miss out, uh, you've still got an opportunity to go find those things. Also want to let you know about uh, an offer if you're interested in learning more about IT Pro TV over at go.itpro.tv slash technado. Um, check us out there and find out some information about a uh, seven-day free trial as well as a 30% off coupon code for your membership. You can also, also request a demo of IT Pro TV for teams and find out more information about uh, getting your whole team upskilled uh, as you move here into the new year. So... Uh, any final thoughts, guys, before we close this one up? Nope. It's an exciting kickoff to our year. I'm I'm looking forward to all of the great gadgets to make fun of out of CES. So far, I've not seen anything significant this year, so uh, we'll, we'll have to keep watching. Well, uh, yeah, but getting to see a robot run over by a car. <laughs> I guess there's value that, there. There's yeah. pleasure. It's the same kind of the pleasure <laughs> I get from seeing, oh, look at the cool new drone. Don gets that same pleasure from, oh, the drone was shot out of the sky. <laughs> so we have different things that make us happy, and that's... That's what makes this fun. So <laughs> thanks so much, both of you, for joining us today. And thank you for joining us. And we will see you back next week on Technate.